Good day, brothers and sisters. Welcome to another edition of Centurion Faith, the podcast that helps you to seek the faith that makes Jesus marvel. I wanted to share a message with you today. I've been excited about it um, and thinking about it really all week. Um, Last week when I was traveling, I was going through the moving uh, walkway in the Jacksonville airport and I felt like the Lord um, just asked me a question. Just in my spirit, I could just hear this question being asked. And that question I think is for all of us today. And that question was this, what is your life worth? What is your life worth? And I think that's amazing to think about that. You know, the value of anything that we have today, any material possession we have, whether it's a house or a car or jewelry or, you know, a family heirloom, the value of of that object is, is based on what somebody is willing to pay for it. So anything that we have, um, you know, they say there's a saying that one man's trash is another man's treasure. You can have a baseball card that I might only be willing to pay 10 bucks for and somebody else might give you $100,000 for it because they, they have determined uh, that that is, you know, it's, it's worth that much to pay for it probably because they know baseball cards and they know that that item is very rare. And when we think of it in terms of our life, like what is our life worth? Sometimes, you know, in this sin-soaked world in this fallen world we live in, I think the devil's biggest trick is to get us to feel like we're worthless. I feel like that. I, I, I battle, I should say. I'm tempted to feel that way quite often. But in reality, you know, each one of us, there's like almost 8 billion people on the planet today. And I really believe that every single person has a value that's beyond measure. It's beyond measure. Each and every person alive today, every person that's gone before us or people that will be born is born very unique. I think that that DNA shows that. There's no two people that have the same DNA. There's no two people that have the same fingerprint. There's no two people out of the 8 billion people that have the same eye pattern, the pattern in their iris. It's absolutely amazing to me that we're created in the image of God, each and every one of us, and so unique to God. And each each and every one of us is born, it says in Ephesians 2.10, as his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God had ordained before the foundations of the world that we would do them. And I think though, in really looking at our value, we can look to the cross and we can look at John 3.16 and we see in John 3.16 that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever shall believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That is absolutely amazing to me that God decided to come down to where we are in order that he would bring us up to where he is in the heavenly realm, in the spiritual realm. He came down to this sin-soaked world, this world that is we're just seeing today is so full of evil. He came down to where we are. He was born in a manger. There was no room for him at the end. He came in humbly, born among the animals. And... Um, I think the worst animals weren't in that barn. They were out in the, in the world. But um, 
we, we can see that he came lowly and humbly and that his, the announcement of his arrival was announced to shepherds, the low, lowest of the community, the last on the food chain. And God came to, to, to save sinners, of, of which each and every one of us is. We were born into sin through the transgression of Adam, and we all need a Savior. I think it's very apparent today. Um, people are willfully ignorant um, willfully, meaning they're just choosing not to believe that that we live in a sin-soaked world. I think anybody um, subconsciously knows that something is wrong with this world today when we see everything going on and that we desperately need a Savior. And I think um, God has provided that Savior in the person of Jesus Christ. And God loved us so much that he gave his own life I was reading in, in um, Luke in the 22nd chapter in 44th verse, and it was talking about Jesus when he was about to go to the cross and he was in agony in the garden. And he was asking the father, he said, if it, if, if it be possible, could you take this cup from me? Talking about the cup of wrath and suffering that he was going to partake of on our behalf, on our behalf. And it says that... Um, Nevertheless, Jesus said, nevertheless, your will be done. In other words, he didn't want to go to the cross. He was, he was in agony. And it says in that, in Luke twenty two forty four that he was in such great agony that he was sweating drops of blood. And I think that's absolutely amazing. There's, there's an actual medical, medical term for, for this. It's kind of, I think it's like hypo, hypoluxia or something like that. You'd have to look it up, but there is a medical term uh, for people that are sweating blood, and it's it's people that are usually under great distress. Sometimes soldiers in combat uh, who are under great distress will actually sweat blood. So the agony that Jesus endured, not only before he had to go to the cross, I think the mental anguish that he endured on our behalf um, was absolutely amazing. But then the physical torture and torment and crucifixion on a cross is something that just, I don't think we can ever get our our mind around while we're in these bodies and, and limited by these these fallen minds and bodies. But I think in our spirit, when we see this, we just see um, how much God loved us, that he would give his own life for us. You know, I think those of us who have children um, would give our lives for our own child. But to give your life, uh, to, to be God and to, to give your life for all of humanity and to, to come down to live as a man, to re- be able to relate to us, to know what it's like to live in this fallen world, in this, in this sin-soaked evil world, and to live among us and to be able to relate to us and have meals with us and be personal to us and then to die on the cross making one sacrifice for sin forever, the Bible says. Hebrews 10, 14 says, by one offering, he has perfected, Jesus has, past tense, perfected forever those that are sanctified or made holy. By one offering, Jesus made you and I perfect in our spirit, certainly in our flesh, our our bodies and our our fallen minds, our soul. Uh, We're not perfect. We can see that every day. We, we, we use the term, well, no one's perfect. Well, the Bible uses a term called sin and it says we all sin 
and fall short of the glory of God, but we're all justified freely by his grace through Christ Jesus. And that word justified means justified, never sinned. Hebrews 10, 17 says that our sins and lawless deeds, he remembers no more. Jesus, after being beaten and whipped and scourged on our behalf and nailed to a cross, knew that he was the atoning sacrifice for all sin forever. And he cried out to God and he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The father himself had to turn his back on his one and only son when he became sin for us. Not only every sin ever committed, past, present, and future sins of all humanity from the beginning, the end of time, but he also became the sin nature that produced the sin, that evil sin nature that entered into Adam when he transgressed and then was passed on to every person ever born after him. It's amazing that Christ took all of that. It's hard to even get your mind around. We, it is mind-bending to think about but think about your worth, that God himself would give his life for you individually. You have to see this, that it's for everyone. Because when you see that it's for you personally, that sacrifice that Jesus made, then you also see it's for everyone else. We're all created in the image of God. We're all created very unique. Again, no two people have the same fingerprint. No two people have the same DNA. No two people have the same uh, eye pattern in their iris. So each of us are created in God's image, but unique and with purpose and on purpose. And I think it's absolutely remarkable that through the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ, you, you can't put a value, you can't put a dollar on the value of your life when you look at it in those terms. You have to believe that you are created with a purpose and for a purpose, but you have to first believe in the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, that he would endure such suffering for you and for me and for all of mankind, that he, would, that he was put to death for our sins, but he was raised up to life by the Holy Spirit's power. And when he was raised up, we were raised up with him in the Spirit. And now he's seated in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. He's seated because his work is finished. And when we rely on that finished work that Christ provided for us, we see that our work is finished. And we can, we can labor, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, we can labor or strive to enter the rest. This is a restless world, brothers and sisters. And the only way we're gonna find rest is to find it in Christ, in our spiritual union with Christ. This has nothing to do with our flesh. Romans 7, 18, the apostle Paul says, in my flesh lies no good thing. And every day I live, I prove that in my flesh lies no good thing, but in my born again spirit that Jesus died to give me through his shed blood and through his resurrection, I have every good and perfect gift in Christ. And one day I'll be united with him through that spirit that's in me. I just, I just think that's, that's remarkable what, what God did in sending his, his one and only son. I don't know if I'm, um, I don't know, I rely on the Holy Spirit to try to portray what God is trying to show me, that you're of infinite value. It's, it can't, it, 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 just as Christ and God himself is infinite, the value that he, he places on each and every one of us by sending his son shows that we are of infinite value. 
but we just have to believe that God would think so much of us that he would send his one and only son. And all we have to do is believe. You know that there's only one sin that's unforgivable in the Bible? And we all, uh, the Bible says, fall, you know, sin and fall short of the glory of God, his standard of perfection. But we're all justified freely by his grace that we find in Christ Jesus. And when we study the Bible and we, we see that there is only one sin that is unpardonable, unforgivable, and that is, is the sin of not believing in God's one and only son, Jesus Christ. Once you believe in him, you see that you have eternal life through the spirit. And really, once you see what he's done for you on your behalf, you really it really frees you up to live a life in the spirit and not worry about the things of this flesh. And so I just thank you for listening today to this short message. What is your life worth? It was worth God sending his one and only son for the atoning sacrifice of your sins, but not only yours, but everybody you meet today. And you are forgiven and free because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, because of the shedding of his blood, which provided the remission of your sins. And his resurrection from the dead proves that you're forgiven and that you're forever free and that you'll live with him eternally. And eternity starts today as we praise God for what he's done. His work is finished and ours is too. We can rest in the finished work of Christ. And thinking this way makes it easy to forgive other people who come against us. As Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. So anybody who you know, comes against you, sins against you, you can easily forgive today because you see that you're, you're forgiven of all sins, the Bible says, past, present, and future. And I wanna just share that with you and encourage you and just thank you for listening to this message today. And I want you to know your worth, God's one and only son who he sent for you. Be blessed, my friends.